You're listening to a message from Every Nation Canberra. In this message, Pastor Larry Matsuwaki shares some valuable insight on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, as well as some encouraging stories on what happens when you tap into those gifts. In this series, you know, you've been going through the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and in Acts 1.8 it says, but you'll receive power. Everybody say power. Come on, power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the other most parts of the earth. I want to encourage all of us because the Lord has taken me. When I received Christ at 19 years old, I said, God, wherever you want me to go, I'll go. Whatever you want me to say, I'll say. Whatever you want me to eat, I don't know about that one. But anyway, I've, I've, I've had a really bad stomach. But anyway, I've... I've grown better, okay, in my stomach. But the Lord has helped me. But I want to encourage us. We receive power to be witnesses. This became such a reality to me because when I received Christ at 19 years old, I had a stuttering problem. It caused me to be a bit shy. And when the Lord had called me, I said, okay, God, I need to know I have power. Yeah, you need to begin to transform and change my speech. When I was in Bible school at, at 20 years old, I went to Christ the Nations, Nations in Dallas, Texas. I was walking in the, in the they have a forest outside, and I, was, I would hold my Bible, and I would pray, and I would say, I would just read the Bible out loud, you know, in that King James English, come on, and I would, I would read it out loud, and after a year and a half, my stuttering problem broke, and I was able to speak normally. Come on. You, you can understand me, right? Come on. God is amazing, and that's the power to be, be witnesses. And, you know, one thing that we had to do as Bible school students, we had to go door to door and, and knock on the doors and witness. And I, I remember my friend, we came back, and we all, always share our testimonies of what happened. My friend was knocking on one of the doors. His name is Alfred, and as he was knocking on the door, he, before he came to the door, the Holy Spirit spoke to him and said, whoever opens the door, tell them that I love them. And he's like, oh, God, that's so cliche. You know, how many times they heard Jesus loves you? They're just going to slam the door in my face. But then he thought, okay, God, I'll just be obedient. I'll just, I'll just do it. So he knocks on the door. This lady answers the door, and he says, hi, my name's Alfred. I'm from Christ of the Nations. I'm here to tell you that Jesus loves you. Right there, she pulls out a gun from behind her back, and she says, you know, I was about ready to kill myself and end my life. And I said, God, if you're really real, tell me that you love me. And that's when you knocked on the door. Right there, there she knelt on the, on the ground, and she received Jesus Christ as her personal Lord and Savior. Come on. We have power to be witnesses. And I just got back from, from Fiji, and we were praying for a bunch of the leaders in that place. And, and, and as they, they were crying out and, and just hungry for God, many of them got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Others, we were just praying and prophesying over them. This one couple, you can't really see their face, but the lady with the orange uh, sash around her, her waist and, and the husband's head in the back, they actually own uh, four nightclubs, and they had just recently got saved. And the Lord was, was stirring their hearts, and they were, you know, just worshiping God and and actually uh, when I was in Brisbane last Sunday uh, they were on holiday and they joined the service and I said no way you're here and uh, you know I was just talking about you and testifying about what God's doing in your life and I prophesied over them there and I said you know God's preparing you for government positions and he says do you know what pastor I just you know brought in a, a very influential man you know, into the church, he recently got saved, and you know, he has influences in the government. So, man, God's opening the doors for this couple, and God's going to do amazing things. This is the power we have in the Holy Spirit to be his witness. In John 16, 7, it says, Nevertheless, 
Uh, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. If I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Jesus was encouraging us. The Holy Spirit is called the helper. That word helper means paraclete to come alongside. Can you imagine? The Holy Spirit is right there by our side to help us live this Christian life. Let me tell you, we can't be Christians alone. We need the power of the Holy Spirit working and living in our life. Come on, every day we need to pray and say, Lord, I need more of your power, more of your strength, more of your anointing. There's not a day that goes by that I don't say, God, I need you. I cannot survive without the power of the Holy Spirit. I need him in my life. That's why I believe every day the Lord gives us divine appointments. The Lord leads us to people. Think about this. Jesus on earth, he was all God, 100% God, 100% man. He could have spoken one word and said, the whole world be healed, but he didn't. He was led by the Spirit of God. He was teaching us how to be led by the Spirit of God. And he would walk, and I believe the Holy Spirit prompted him the Bible says he was moved with compassion and as he was moved with compassion he healed that blind man there as he was moved with compassion he, he laid hands on the lame and it, the Holy Spirit led him to people to pray for let me tell you the Holy Spirit's gonna lead us to pray for people that's why we need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, you know, baptized in water and baptized in the Holy Spirit. In Acts 2.38, it says, Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I want to encourage us. There is power, let me tell you, in repenting. Come on. We need to repent of our sins. We need to ask the Lord, God, forgive me. I repent of my sins. God, I need you in my life. And there is something about baptism. You know my favorite baptism story? We were in Singapore, and I was baptizing one of our leaders, you know, and he was serving. He had such a tremendous heart. He was ushering, and the Lord was using him. But for a long time after he received Christ, he still didn't get baptized. And I said, what's holding you back from getting baptized? He said, Pastor, you know, I, I told my dad that I would honor him. The dad was from a Buddhist religion. And so one thing the dad says, you can go to church, but you can't get baptized. And so he was just honoring the dad in that. And so years, you know, I spent three years went by, and he still didn't get baptized. And finally, I suggested, bro, we're having baptism today. Why not go ask your dad? You know, I mean, he's this guy was 38 years old at the time, you know, and, and, and the dad was older. And so he says, okay, I'll just go ask. So he went and asked the dad, he says, Dad, I'm a Christian now, do you mind if I get baptized? He says, yeah, you're an adult, what? Go, go ahead and go get baptized. He says, what? All this time I've been waiting, you know? So he went and, and, and got baptized, and we baptized in a pool in, in a hotel. And so as the, the guy came and, and got baptized, he came out of the water. And when he came out of the water, he opened his eyes, and he says, Pastor, look, it's a dove, it's a dove. And I said, bro. It's a pigeon. Come on. It was a pigeon flying out there. But anyway, okay, that was my favorite baptismal story. I just want to encourage all of us. You know, everybody has a gift. All of us have a gift from the Spirit of God. In Romans 12, 6 through 8, it says, We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance to your faith. If serving, then serve. Teaching, then teach. Encourage, then give. The Lord is in 
encouraging us to start using our gifts. Come on. If you don't use your gift, what happened? It's going to lay dormant. Some people say you don't use it, you lose it. Come on. I don't believe you'll lose it, but I believe it will just be weak. You know, if, if some of you, you know, you, you like to lift weights. I know our brother here looks like you like to lift weights. Come on. And, and you know, if you lift weights, you know, you're going to grow muscle, right? That's what the gifts of the Spirit. You've got to keep using it so the muscle grows. And the more you use it, the more it grows and grows and grows. Some people ask, how do you prophesy and pray over people? I just keep using the gift. The more I keep using the gift, the more it grows and the clearer the words get. I just keep practicing and practicing and practicing. You guys need to start practicing. Come on. Practice praying. Practice reading the Bible. Practicing stepping out. And come on, I, I heard this with one pastor. He was so inspired by Smith Wigglesworth and his life test. He was reading the book about how he goes and heals people. And as he was reading the book, he says, Lord, if that's, you know, happened to him, what about me? God, I'm believing the same. Then I'm going to go out. And, and he went to the park and he says, Lord, lead me to the right person. He goes out in the park. He sees these two ladies, young 19-year-old girls there, you know, and they were just talking. And he goes, Lord, give me a word for them. He goes right up to them and he says, hi, you know, I'm a Christian. Um, is there anything I could pray for you about? And they're like, get out of my face, kind of like thing. And then he says, well, well you know, can I just pray for you? And, and, and they said, yeah, if you leave us alone, sure, okay, you can pray for us. And the Lord gave him a word and said, you're discouraged, you're, you're battling with discouragement because you just lost your brother on a motorcycle accident. The, the girl goes, and she starts bawling, crying. She said, how in the world did you know that? I, and he says, the Lord knows. And she ended up receiving Christ. Her friend received Christ. They called their other friends. He had 12 kids all receive Christ in that park just from reading a book, a testimony of someone that's stepping out by faith. Come on. When I was walking in the streets of, of Dallas, Texas, we had to do street evangelism. As I'm walking in the street, I go up to these two, two girls. And all of a sudden, I, I said, hi, my name's Larry. You know, I'm from Christ of the Nations. I just want to encourage you. And all of a sudden, I saw her crouched down in the corner of her room, just crying and crying. I said, you know, I just see you crying and crying in the corner of your room. You're so discouraged in life. And she starts crying. She says, yes, yes. How do you know? How do you know? I said, I don't know. I said, the Spirit of God knows because he wants to encourage you. Her friend was next to her, and her friend started pulling her away. She says, don't listen to this nonsense. He's trying to convert you. She goes, no, no, no. I want to listen. The friend goes, no, get away, get away. And the friend literally pulled her away. My goodness, you know, you got to be careful who your friends are. Come on. But I want to encourage you, use your gifts. Okay. This is a testimony in Singapore. Paul and Marika, when they came to Singapore, they were on the verge of divorce. And the wife had recently just received Christ, and she turned to the husband who was kind of like really, you know, uh, not living right. And so he says, she told him, if you want to keep our marriage, you got to attend church with me today. Otherwise, I'm leaving you. And so reluctantly, he goes to church. And he was sitting in the kind of like the third row. We meet in this movie theater, big, huge auditorium. So I saw him on the third row. But as we were worshiping, I just heard the Lord say, there's somebody in this room with a pain in their elbow. And so that was him. He had a pain in his elbow. And so, you know, the Lord healed that, that pain in his elbow. And so, but after the service, he says, but actually, God, I have a pain in my knee. And so at, after the service, he's walking out. One of our ushers, a small little girl, went up to him and said, um, Uncle, Uncle, before you leave, um, by any chance, do you have a pain in your knee? And he goes, yeah, why? And, and she goes, can I just pray for you? And so he goes, okay. 
And so she lays her hands on, on his knee. He gets instantly healed, and he realizes, whoa, Jesus is real. That, and he comes back the next Sunday, and the next Sunday he receives Christ. Come on, God restored his life. God restored their marriage. Now they're serving in the church there in Sydney. Come on, God is doing amazing things. That's the power of using our gifts. Here's a picture in Scripture of the gifts of the Spirit. In Romans 12, 6 through 8, it talks about prophecy, serving, teaching, exhortation, giving, leadership, mercy. Ephesians 4, 11, apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. This is the fivefold ministry in the church for leadership. And then 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10, it talks about wisdom, knowledge, healing, miracles, prophecy, discernment, tongues, and interpretation. As you go through this list, maybe you can recognize, oh, yeah, you know, I think I function in that one. I think I'm an encourager. You know, I want to encourage you. Step out more and more and using the gifts of the Spirit. As I travel around the world, this is our picture in Bangkok. I just go and, and just start praying for people. And I found this, that as I begin to pray for them, many times the Holy Spirit is using me to stir up the gifts within them. And that faith is rising in their heart to believe, to stir up, and to begin to use that gift that's in them again. And I want to encourage us that it's time to revive your gifts. When God had called uh, Paul, Apostle Paul, to plant a church in Ephesus, Ephesus was known to be one of the most wickedest cities. If you go back and read in Acts chapter 19, it talks about Ephesus where riot going on in Ephesus. And for two hours, they were crying out, great is the God of Artemis of the Ephesians. There was such a wickedness going on. They were worshiping Artemis. Many believe also it's uh, the goddess Diana. And, and there was idols, you know, in that, that land. There was a lot of, of witchcraft going on. And God had called Apostle Paul to go and plant that church there in Ephesus. One of the, the greatest churches that was ever planted. And uh, this is a picture of the ruins in Ephesus. We got to visit that in, in Turkey. And it was amazing to see the ruins. You can just imagine how beautiful and big that, that city must have been. But for three years, Paul had planted that church. And after that, he says, okay, I, I need to go and plant other churches. And he left his young son in the Lord, Timothy. Come on, he was maybe less than 30 years old, and, and Timothy was put in charge to run this church. you got to imagine, come on, this church that was probably very large, this church that was full of, of witchcraft and wickedness all around, and here is this, this Timothy in this position taking over from the great apostle Paul. Come on, and he's got to lead the church. Can you imagine? He's like, uh, uh, I don't know if I can lead. And this is what apostle Paul does to encourage him. He says to him in 2 Timothy 1, 5 through 7, I am reminded of your sincere faith, the faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and self-control. And he was encouraging Timothy, come on, remember the faith that was invested in you. You have a foundation of faith. And remember this, fan into flame the gift of God. 
Don't let that gift die just because the situation is overwhelming for you. Maybe Cambria may feel, oh, it's, it's so dry, man. People don't really believe in the gifts of the Spirit. They don't really believe in God. Don't let the gift die within you. Come on. That's the time to fan the flame even more. Use the gift that God has birthed within you. And don't carry that spirit of fear. But understand God has given you power, love, and a sound mind. You have power over the enemy. You have an, he has anointed you with an uncon, uh, unconditional love that you're able to love others. Come on. A good book to read on love is Crazy Love by Francis Chan. You know, I was reading that book and, and doing, you know, like my devotions. I'm reading the book in Singapore, and, and all of a sudden I'm reading that book, and, and it came to the part where it says, love your neighbors and serve them and, and love them unconditionally. And then I heard these, these young boys downstairs. They were playing soccer, making a bunch of noise. And I know, man, because I'm a, a residence committee in that neighborhood, and, you know, I, I help make decisions in that neighborhood. And, and so I know that's illegal for them to do. They can't play soccer in that downstairs so I'm getting worked up you know I'm getting angry inside and I'm reading this book called crazy love love unconditionally I don't care about this book I put that thing down and I go out there you know and and I, I was gonna tell them off and the Spirit of God says apply what you just read I'm like no I don't want to apply I want to tell them off you know and so no he kept saying apply what you love your neighbors love your enemies and I was like okay you know, so I heard the Spirit of God say, buy them, you know, a sports drink, like 100 plus, you know. And so, you know, I was like, oh, you know, okay, God, if I'm going to go to the furthest 7-Eleven, you know, actually there was a, a shop right next to my house, but I said, I'm going to go to the furthest 7-Eleven that was like 15 minutes walk, and if they're still there, God, then I'll give it to them, you know, <laughs> one of those one of those things you do with God. But anyway, I, I walked out. I bought like 10 cans of 100 plus, And then I brought it back, you know. And I thought, surely they're not going to be there. This is half an hour later, pretty much. And I walk back. They're still playing soccer. Oh, man. So I'm like, okay, Lord. Then I'm thinking, how am, how am I going to give it to them, right? You know, <laughs> what, they're going to think I'm, I'm crazy. I don't even know them. Crazy love. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Here I go, you know, go talk to them, and they're playing soccer. I said, hey, guys, hey, guys, um, I'm your neighbor from upstairs uh, just to let you know that um, I got you guys 100 plus, you know, in case you're thirsty. So here you go. Bless you guys. Bye. They're like, oh, you're crazy, uncle. No, <laughs> no, but they just said, oh, okay, thank you, thank you. And they stopped playing soccer, and they stopped to drink their 100 plus. Problem solved. Come on, they stopped playing soccer. <laughs> I walked away, you know, and I thought, okay, they didn't receive Christ. They didn't do anything, but the Lord was speaking to me. You walked out in unconditional love. You're starting to put that in practice. Come on, we need to start exercising our gifts. You know, um, years ago when we started the church, we started with eight people in Singapore. And um, by the time, uh, you know, three months went by, we had a whopping 20 people. Come on, yeah, the church was growing. But at that time, I felt so inadequate. I didn't feel like a pastor. You know, I, I have no special talent or ability. You know, I just totally rely on, on the Lord for help. I remember when I graduated from Bible school, the Lord gave me a vision. I saw myself standing before thousands of people with dark hair. And when I saw that vision, you know, it scared me. And then I thought, you know, uh, okay, so after two years, I kind of repented of saying, you know, I'm not ready, Lord. I'm not ready, Lord. So when they were praying for my ordination and, and as I was on, on stage, you know, they prayed for me. And there was about eight pastors there praying. 
after they prayed, one of the pastors pulled Elaine and I on the side, and he says, I don't know if this means anything to you, but I saw you speaking to thousands of people with dark hair. And then I started crying. I said, yes, it means so much to me. You know, thank you, God. You, you know, you, you remembered that vision. And, and so when we started the church, eight people, three months later, 20, 25 people, I still felt inadequate. I went to Manila, Philippines, and I met this man, uh, Pastor Emmanuel Kenneth Tracy. And as they were praying and, and praying, setting me in uh, to be the, the pastor there in, in Singapore, remember, I felt inadequate. I felt, you know, like I didn't feel like a pastor at all. This pastor yells out from the back, and he says, The Lord says, I see you standing before thousands of people with dark hair. Come on, pre keep on preaching for him. And I was like, thank you, Lord, three times. The Lord is encouraging me, reminding me, come on, that you can do this. That one vision has kept me going through all those years, 23 years later. Come on, our church is 1,800, and we have planted churches in, in Turkey. We sent out pastors in Brisbane, a pastor in Perth, and the Lord has used us, you know, to help other churches. I want to encourage all of us, let's not stop just because you know what we're, we're the group we're ministering to is so small or maybe you know we're not seeing God move or maybe you're praying for people and they're not getting healed don't stop praying come on I was talking to some mega pastor and, and he from a denominational background and he said I, I'm, I'm thinking about stopping praying for people and I said why in the world would you stop praying for people he says because I only see 50% of the results and I said, where in Scripture does it say the results is up to us? I said, it doesn't. It doesn't say that. The Bible says, lay hands on the sick. They will recover. The results is up to Jesus. Jesus is the healer, not us. We need to lay hands on the sick. And, we'll, and the Lord in his right time will heal them. And I said, don't you dare stop praying for people. He says, okay, yes, I won't stop praying. I said, yes, thank God you're not going to stop praying. And you know what? I want to encourage you. Don't stop praying for people just because you don't see the results. God in his right time will answer in Romans 1 11, it says I long to see you so that I may impart a spiritual gift to make you strong that I may be mutually encouraged by each other's gift do you know why we need to come together some people say oh I don't want to go to church because if I go to church you know I'm just gonna get offended and hurt by people we need to come together so that we can start exercising our gifts more and more. Come on. You need to see people and say, hey, can I pray for you? Can I encourage you? Some of you are, are motivators. You're encouragers. Some of you just need encouragement. You know, I have people in Singapore that come to church just because somebody smiled at them. Because the whole week, they were discouraged, they were criticized in their office, they were put down, and they were coming to church like defeated, you know, and somebody shook their hand and smiled at them said good morning the guy said oh I feel so good today oh I feel revived I can make it through another week you know the power of a smile is so amazing and I just want to encourage you keep using your gifts that's why we need each other and then it says in first Peter 4:10, each of you should use your use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace and various forms if anyone speaks they should do so we need to start using our gifts for the glory of the Lord. When I first got saved, and, and I, I was in church all my life, I, I, I never really saw you know, God moving. I would hear testimonies of other people that God was doing things in their life. But I said, Lord, you know, I need to know that I have power over the enemy. And when, when we were uh, in Bible school, we were um, in marching down, witnessing in this place called Mardi Gras in Louisiana. It's a place where people just party all the time. And as we were marching down the street holding signs that says, Jesus loves you, 
um, this guy comes up to me. He's like six foot over tall, and he, he comes over to me, and he says, Satan, 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 like that. And I tell you, you know, I'm not a fighter, okay? I'm a lover, not a fighter. Come on, hey. I've never gotten a fight in my life. But I tell you, there was a, a, a holy anger that rose up within me, and I just got angry at the devil. And so I just turned to the guy, and I said, in the name of Jesus, I bind you, devil. And the guy goes, Hoop, like this. And then I didn't know what to do, man. At that time, I'm like 20, 21 years old. Years old. And so I had a Bible track in my hand. So I said, here, uh, take a track, take a track. And I tried to stick it in his shirt. And he goes, uh, like that. And like a mummy, he just walks like this. It was the funniest thing. He walked around like that. And the moment I turned around to go back to my group, the Spirit of God spoke to me this verse of Scripture. It says, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead really does dwell in you. And I want to encourage all of us, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in us. Come on. Turn to your neighbor and tell them you got resurrection power. Come on. you got resurrection power within you. And if you have resurrection power, why are you holding it in? Why are you just hiding it in your house and just saying, well, I'm a Christian. I just go on Saturdays. You know, I just serve the Lord. You know, come on, use your gifts. There is somebody waiting for you to receive that prayer. There's somebody uh, waiting to hear your testimony at your workplace. That's the most exciting thing about living this Christian life is that we're seeing God move. That's why I believe in divine appointments. I can tell you story after story of, of meeting people and divinely God moving and, and how he's doing things. Okay, but anyway, let's go on. And then it says um, uh, in 1 Corinthians 13, I like, I like this because if you look on the gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians 4, uh, 12, and then in 1 Corinthians, the gifts is mentioned in 1 Corinthians 14, also the gift of the Spirit. Right in the middle is 1 Corinthians 13. And 1 Corinthians 13, if you know Scripture, that's called the love chapter. Come on. And the Lord is emphasizing this. And He says, if I speak in tongues of men and angels and have not love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith... So as to remove, uh, move, remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. Come on. Love is so important, and we need to love the Lord. It's not so much about the gifts. Come on. It's about the giver. If we love him more and we love people, the Lord is going to continually use us. Let's not get caught up in the gifts and say, Whoa, I don't have the prophecy. I don't have the exhortation. I don't have the teaching gift. It doesn't matter. You have the Lord. And if you love the Lord with all your heart, he's going to use you. And Apostle Paul says, Desire all the gifts. Come on, and he wants to use us to be a blessing and encouragement to many. In Romans 5, 8, it says, but he demonstrates his own love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Why do I go uh, throughout the world? Why do I, I preach and prophesy over people? Because of what he's done in my life. I would not be here today if it wasn't for the Lord. 19 years old, I almost ended my life because of a dumb relationship. Come on. Eh. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and it wasn't my wife, okay? And, and this girl rejected me, and I thought, oh, no, you know, I'd had issues with rejection in my life. And so when that happened, I thought, you know, I was thinking of ending my life. And so when, when I, I was, you know, I'm, I'm afraid of heights and I'm afraid of blood. So, you know, ending my life was scary for me, okay? So I called my mom and I said, Mom, I'm going to kill myself and end it all. I thought I'd let you know before I do it. I thought my mom would say, take the first flight home. We'll take care of you. She didn't tell, tell me that. She said, the Holy Spirit told me to tell you, you need to thank God for what you're going through. And I said, what? Thank God for what I'm going through. You're crazy. And I slammed down the phone. 
But then I thought, okay, God, I'm going to die anyway. I might as well give you one, one last chance. So I knelt down in my dorm room in college. I lifted my hands, and I started worshiping God, thanking Him for who He, was, who he is. And all of a sudden, I felt this warm presence come in the room, and I felt His arms of love just love and accept me for who I am, a wicked sinner. And I started bawling like a baby. I said, God, if you can forgive a wicked person like me, I'll serve you the rest of my life. Come on, 19 years old, and now I'm 50-something. Okay, yeah, but I've been serving the Lord ever since, you know. And I want to encourage us, why do I do this? Because I've received the love of the Lord. We were in Bangkok, Thailand in April, and as we were there, I was preaching for the pastor for two Sundays. And this is a guy that, in one of our life groups in Singapore, we were praying for him for years because he was bound in a religion, and he, he was a hard man, and the sister you know, was in our group, and she says, you know, it would take a miracle for my brother to get saved. His daughter said, why don't you come to church today? There's a pastor from Singapore. And since the dad was Sing Singaporean, he says, maybe, you know, you can hear some Singaporean stories, you know. So the dad ended up coming to, to church that day. He let me pray for him that day. And, and so I said, why don't you come back next week? He came back the next week. And you know what? The next week he received Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Come on. And I said, I had to go all the way to Bangkok, Thailand to answer that prayer that we've been praying for years to see that you have come to know the Lord. Come on, God answers prayers. And I want to encourage us in, in James 5. It says, therefore, confess your sins one another. Pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power and is working. The Lord's encouraging us that we have power, power to heal, power to set the captive free if we dare to step out. And, you know, when you look at this Elijah, you know, it says Elijah was an ordinary man just like us. Look at your neighbor and tell him you, you look ordinary. Come on. We look ordinary, right? Elijah was an ordinary man just like us, but he prayed and stopped the rain. He prayed also that God would send fire down from heaven. And you know what? Fire came down from heaven. In Acts 18, it says that when the people saw that, they cried out and they said, The Lord, He is God. The Lord, He is God. And I want to encourage all of us that when we begin to step out and start using our gifts, the people are going to cry out and they're going to say, The Lord is God. The Lord is real. Come on. We've been hearing testimonies, even in Singapore, of people's lives being radically changed, leaving same-sex lifestyles, you know, because of the love of the Lord, you know, filling their heart. They just wanted to leave that, and people were being set free, even of wanting to end their life. I was in Malaysia, and I prayed for this lady that, you know, she for three nights, every time she was in the back wearing a hoodie covering her face. And then the last day she comes up, the pastor's uh, sister brought her up, and, and she says, can you pray for her? And so anyway, I said, oh, what do you want prayer for? She says, she goes like this. Nothing. For a lot of people, I don't see a lot of things really, really specific. But for her, it was three specific things. I said, I saw the number one, two, three. There's three things that happen in your life and it's going to happen. And I said, number one, there has been a hurt in your life that left you disappointed. Number two, there is something that, that you've been really sorry for in your life because disappointed because you've said something that have, has been very hurtful. And number three, I said, uh, something's going to happen tonight or tomorrow, today or tomorrow, that's going to change your life forever. Do you know what? She went back and she told that, that, that uh, pastor's uh, uh, sister that she says that she came to that, that meet, those three meetings actually and she says, I was on the verge of ending my life. 
And she says, God, if you don't want me to, to kill myself, then tell me. And I shared my testimony. And she says, okay, I guess that's the word. I'm not supposed to kill myself. But then she says, um, this is what's happened in her life. What had happened was she had um, uh, gotten rebellious because her mom was actually, uh, mom and dad were actually pastors. And the mom had got cancer. And because the, the mom had got cancer, she was so angry inside. She says, God, how can you allow my mom to get cancer? She has been serving you. So she got rebellious. And so because of that rebellion, she was going out and partying all night, every night, you know, just living rebellion. And this one night before she went out, the mom knew that she was, she was really sick, you know. And, and so she told the daughter, she says, please don't go out tonight. Please stay home. And the daughter says, you can't hold me back, mom. You know, I don't want to stay home anymore. And she says, in fact, I hate you, mom. And she goes out and she goes and parties. Five o'clock in the morning, she comes back. The mom had died and passed away. And she was living with that hurt of, you know, the last word she said to her mom was that, I hate you, mom. And so those were the one, you know, the, the hurt in her life, too, you know, that, that, the words of hurt, you know. And so right there she asked, you know, that, that uh, pastor's sister, he says, can you lead me in a prayer to receive Jesus? That night she received Jesus in her life. And she says, wait, wait, can you, we just play back the prayer that Pastor Larry prayed for me? And she says, I knew there was the third thing. I can't remember what the third thing was. And so when they played it back, something's going to happen today or tomorrow that's going to change your life forever. She says, this is it. This is the thing that's going to change my life forever. My receiving Jesus. And the, 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 the lady says, yes, it is. Come on. God is so good. Okay, I'm, I'm excited. But anyway... <laughs> In Mark 16, I'll just close with these few stories. And it says, these signs will accompany those that believe. In my name, they'll drive out demons. They'll speak in new tongues. They will place their hands on sick people, and they will get well. In 2009, this, this son was diagnosed with leukemia. And this family, you know, at, at, he, at that time, he was about seven years old. And for three years, if you know leukemia, this type of cancer, you have to go through chemo, chemo treatment. He had to take that bone marrow. It was torturous for him. And for three years, we were praying and fasting and with the, the family there. And as we were praying and fasting in 2013, the son was actually diagnosed cancer-free. The Lord had miraculously healed him. And uh, this is a picture of them when they were actually leaving to go uh, back to the, the U.S. And they had just visited us two months ago. And now this is the son. He's uh, 16 years old, healthy, strong, playing baseball, all kinds of sports. And he's acknowledging. Let me tell you, he's the most tender-hearted young man. He's so tender for, for God because he knows that God had helped him through that season of his life. God's going to use him mightily. Come on. In 1 Peter 2.5, it says, You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Christ Jesus. God has put you here for a purpose. Come on, tell your neighbor right now, you're here for a purpose, for a purpose. Come on, and he's encouraging us to use our gifts. You are living stones in this house to be used for a purpose, to start using your gifts. And when you start using your gifts, the Lord's going to build this house strong. And I, I just close with this story. I was in Auckland, New Zealand last year. And as we were there, you know, this, this one girl that I just circled her face there, she's 16 years old. She was so di discouraged in her life. She was almost on the verge of just, you know, just thinking of ending her, her life. And I just prayed for her, just the word of encouragement and how the Lord is with her and for her. She started crying. She goes back home, tells her dad, Jesus, is, Jesus hears me. Jesus knows me. 
And the dad was so excited. There was like this family revival that took place. Let me tell you, that's the power. When you start using the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the Lord revives families. He revives situations. And I want to encourage us, He revives our lives. It's time to revive our gifts so that we can revive our life. Can we stand up together? I want to pray for us for a greater impartation of the gifts of the Spirit that God would revive us and stir our hearts. Can we just lift our hands to the Lord right now? Father, I just pray for a greater anointing to fill our lives. I thank you, God, for a greater impartation, Lord, of your gifts. I pray, stir it up right now in the mighty name of Jesus. God, I thank you, Father, for your anointing. Father, just stir up the gifts within us, how you're going to use us and anoint us, Lord God, to be your witnesses, to go out, Lord, to share the gospel with others, Lord, to reach out and pray for others, to impart faith and encouragement and strength. I thank you, Lord God, most of all, that you're encouraging and, and breaking through areas of bondage in our lives. God, right now, in the mighty name of Jesus, come, Lord. Come, Lord, fill our hearts, fill our lives. Come on, from your own, own lips, just begin to cry out to the Lord. Say, Lord, I need you. I need more of you. In the mighty name of Jesus, come, Lord. Come, Lord. Fill our hearts, fill our hearts, fill our hearts. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Father, I pray that you would pour out your spirit upon this church, that, Lord God, your gifts will come forth in a greater measure. God, that we will, Lord God, lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. I pray for signs and wonders and miracles in this place. I thank you, Lord God, for deliverance. I thank you for healing, Lord. I thank you, Lord God, for miracles, Lord, in Jesus' name. In the family, I miracles for marriages, Lord God. Miracles, Lord God, for individuals crying out, believing, Father, for just the, their desires of their heart. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you can just put your hands down right now. And you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you sense the Holy Spirit just speaking to you right now. I want to lead you in a prayer to receive Jesus in your life. The Bible says that if you confess Jesus as Lord and believe that he died and rose from the dead, you will be saved. And if you want to receive Jesus in your life, can you just lift your hand where you are? I want to lead you in a prayer to receive Jesus. Come on, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. If your hand is raised, can you just repeat this prayer after me? Just say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross and rose from the dead for my sins. Come into my heart and help me this day to live for you, to serve you with all of my heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for these that have uh, accepted you in their life or maybe recommitted their life to you today. I pray that you would pour out your love upon them, Lord. Pour out your forgiveness and healing upon their hearts. And I thank you, Lord God, from this day forward. Help them to grow in their walk with you. Help them, Lord, build a desire, Lord God, to read your word, to pray. Lord God, I just thank you, Father, how you're going to use them, Lord God, to be a witness and a testimony for your glory. Thank you, Lord God, for what you're doing in this place. In Jesus' name. I want us just to sing this song again. Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. And just ask the Holy Spirit just to fill you afresh and anew with his anointing power. Thank you, Lord. You just heard a message from Every Nation Canberra. For more messages like these or to access other resources, please visit our website at iancanberra.org. Like our page on Facebook at facebook.com slash everynationcanberra.